0: Welcome to the Border Collie Geek podcast. I'm your host Martina, obsessed like you about border collies and dog training. Follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success. Welcome, Border Collie geeks, and welcome to a new episode. Um, today is going to be. An episode that some of you with puppies or some of you that are going to get a puppy soon might find very useful. Um, And it's been inspired by something I did last week or a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, I can't remember exactly. I posted on a big Facebook group um, as well as in my own Facebook group, which if you want to come and join us is the Boregolic Geek community, which at the moment has a spelling in it. And Facebook doesn't allow me to change it um, for another 28 days. I, for some reason, community um, is missing two letters and I didn't do it. Or probably I did without realising. Uh, but anyway, it's called the Border Collie Community, which is missing two letters in the community name, uh, training and behaviour support, um, which is where you can find me and um, follow you know, weekly posts and um You can find all the updates of um, the podcast that come out and if I have any free things for you to do and download and you can come and join. But apart from that group, I went out and posted a post that I made public in my page as well um, about how to train or how not to train um, a dog that wants to chase cars and in my experience from from students that comes to me after being with trainers that are not border collie specialists and don't understand fully where this herding and need to stalk and herd cars or um, anything that moves comes from in the collie brain or in the collie DNA suggest to owners that come to them and it's a method that I probably wouldn't suggest anyway. for a reaction to something, um, which is just sitting down in front of it and get the dog used to it. Now, if you had a reactive dog that was reacting because of fear of other dogs, you probably wouldn't do that. You wouldn't allow your dog to just, you know, stare at dogs that they want to react to and and get it over with and, and get used to it. It's not really the right way of training reactivity out of a dog. And in the case of border collies, just, you know, bring them um, take them to a road and get them used to by just sitting there and let them watch the traffic go pa- past is not really the right way to do it. And it's a statement that I embrace and, you know, carry on. And I did it as a statement. And I had a lot of people that told me, you know, that great, that's exactly what other trainers suggested me and it made it worse. And, I had to retrain it and I train it differently and now my dog is better. But there were also a few um, people saying, I disagree with this and with my dog actually made a difference and this is how I got them used to not reacting to traffic. And, you know, I'm sure, and there were a couple of trainers as well coming on and saying, um, that saying that the method is wrong is is limiting because you know and i think that as always on online part of the my communication to this message has gone missing you know i'm not saying your dog shouldn't be seeing cars or it shouldn't be exposed to cars eventually when ready what i'm saying is that they're not the right method to get a puppy that to starts to, to cars and take them to watch these cars going past without doing anything because that's what. These trainers suggest to just get them used to it. So allow them to stare, allow them to, you know, sit next to a road and and get them used to. And at that point, most puppies won't take food, won't take toys. They're completely fixating on the movement, and their brain is triggered to want to control that movement. So what is going to create is that their need to chase those cars, is going to increase the needs to stop those cars is going to increase the need to stare at cars is going to increase so it's going to and and i'll tell you why because i think that you know in a a podcast episode i can explain that a bit better than you know on 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 a post that was supposed to you know um just you know just express a statement and you know but I did it because I wanted to actually chat about this thing so I did I did eventually on the posts. Um, if you have so your body collie is already been bred for generation and their DNA is set to control movement. So stop something that is running away and control it with their body language and with their eyes. So that's what their DNA is for, control, movement, and have this high tendency to stalk because it's been bred in them. <clears throat> their predatory sequence has been, you know, sort of modify and enhance in the stalking, creeping behaviors, which are a lot, it's an important part of the way they work sheep. Yeah, a lot of the time they don't run around sheep or they do when they flank left and right to maintain to keep control of the flock and of course they outrun to go and get the sheep but the majority of the work they do is using that stalking and creeping behavior to control left right push or you know the the, the movement of the herds of of the of the flock of sheep so that's what they've been bred to have enhanced in the predatory sequence. So, of course, those two behaviours are really strong and very rewarding in collies. If they would only stalk and, and 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 creep forward and the sheep would run away and they would just carry on stalking and creeping, of course they would lose them. So then the running, the chasing comes in, in the form of, a, of, a, of an outrun to stop them from moving away and that's exactly what happens when they start wanting to chase cars they see something going past very fast that they might start with stalking it and when you start with stalking you don't even realize if you are not a border collie owner before or if you have not experienced that if nobody told you or showed you at what it looks like you're thinking that your puppy's just looking at cars because you know puppies are inquisitive they look at things and they they want to investigate and they want to, um, you know, they want to, and, and that's fine, you know, with the majority of stuff, I allow my dogs to stalk and investigate and I stay with them when they do this, you know, I talk to them. I, I sit down next to them I allow them to investigate. The problem is that when this happens with something that is moving fast, is triggering that DNA that has been built in them. So if that puppy was on a farm and he wasn't interested in sheep, what they would allow that pup to do is to look at the other dogs moving the sheep, so that you are helping that puppy to trigger that instinct to react to movement. Um, sometimes they use pens, so the sheep are put in the pen, and there is an adult dog either outside or inside the pen that keep the sheep moving, and the puppy's outside the pen, so the puppy can start orbiting around the sheep and you know reacting to the movement of the sheep, and that's the way you trigger the instinct is allowing that puppy. look at movement hoping that they will start eventually to show interest and they will start taking that that very iconic pose where the head goes down and they have that proper stalking behavior which is that you know it's in the ISDS um, logo it's you know that stalking behavior once that puppy starts showing that they want to move around the sheep and they have that stalking behavior, they start eyeing the sheep and then they start, you know, introducing them to sheep and work when when the age is right and we're not talking about this now because there's going to be an episode of all this um, with someone that does it for a living. Um, but yeah, so this is the way you introduce puppy to sheep and you tell them, you know, you, 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 you triggered the instinct to work. It's by allowing them to watch movement and to trigger that instinct that is in them and to initiate that need control movement with their eyes and their stalking behaviours and eventually with the running around to hold the sheep together. So take that, which is how collies are bred everywhere around the world and trained everywhere around the world, to a pet collie, um, puppy, that is walking next to a road and is looking at cars because that what happens, you know, when you have a puppy, they're inquisitive, they look around, they're staring and you live in a busy environment or you don't, you go purposefully into town to get the dog used to traffic because that's what you've been told, get them used to traffic because otherwise they're going to chase the traffic. You start seeing what this is going wrong. Okay. Um because getting a collie used to movement is not a thing you trigger movement into the collie brain and they will start activating their herding instinct and wanting to control movement so this is where my statement comes from you know you can't get them used to by allowing them to stalk movement because you will trigger the instinct that is engraved in their dna so i now want to tell you my experience so I'm at my fourth collie in the last 17 years, 18 nearly. I've been lucky that my collie, my my first one has lived long and my second one is 12 and my third one is six and then there's stay that is two. And I don't tend to get a dog before my oldest, my youngest is four. So I've gone out a couple of years before I get another one, even five um, so maybe another three years, who knows? Because I want to have time for my young collie and to have time for my older collies. And at the moment, as work, that my older dog left me, and I w- I was left with two, and then eventually I got Tay. Uh, at the end of the same year, I've been lucky that my first three collie never ever expressed interest in cars. Now, am I be if I be lucky or? Uh, with Abigail, I've been lucky, my first dog. She wasn't a working dog, though. So I would expect that from a non-working dog because she right she liked to chase a toy, she likes to chase a ball, but she never really showed any interest in chasing anything else to the point that I tried to work her with sheep and we did a bit, but she wasn't really interested. She would look at me and say, okay, if you want, I'll go, but I don't really need to. Um, And then, uh, and then I got Moss, and Moss, strangely... He grew up in a city and a couple of his brothers and sisters had interesting cars. He never developed it. And maybe he never developed it because I was already training competitive obedience with Abigail. And I've put a lot of work straight away on to redirect his prey drive onto myself and a toy. And I was doing a lot of things with him when he was young, competitive obedience, shipdog training, a lot of tricks training. And then eventually we started agility when he was 10 months. So I did channel his spray drive a lot in other things straight away. He he went around the ship the first time when he was three months and he was keen already, so he knew exactly what he was chasing, what he was meant to be chasing. So he never really transferred that to cars, bikes, or people running, not that I remember, but I don't think so. it um, would be triggered by movement, but it wouldn't fixate on things that were not the, the real deal. He would chase small dogs and he would chase rabbits and pheasants, and squirrels, yes, you would chase those small furry things. Um, and small dogs running would be a bit trigger for him for a chase. Um, but never cars and never bikes. And then Jock came to me, that I was already in the UK. And he, again, he's a dog that never showed interest in chasing things that were not appropriate. Um, because he's not that type of dog. He doesn't do appropriate things. He's always... I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm not going to do what you're not asking me to do. And again, I was doing compactive obedience. I took him to sheepdog training pretty much when he was, I think, five months, the first time I showed him sheep um, at a friend farm in Wales. And then I started agility straight away with him. So again, I channeled all his fray drive into other things already. So I did, um, I did, you know, I, I didn't even. You know, I thought that that could have become a problem because it's it's around, but I never had the chance, and never gave them gave them the chance to. And then I got Tay. So Tay arrived to me in 2020, at the end of 2020, um, as we all know, lockdown and, and, and etc. And he, um, straight away, the first time I took him for his second vaccine, it was. I took him on when it was 10 weeks and of course the first couple of weeks I live in a very quiet estate semi-rural estate so going out of my house to the local walk which I did the first maybe at the end of the first week just to get him used to go out with his harness on um wasn't very busy. It's not busy for cars, so he never had. He's not been exposed to high movement because the cars that come into the estate normally go slowly because it's a small estate, and it's normally because they live there, so they slow down to get into their drive. Um, and then you, when you take a puppy home, independently from their vaccines, you don't just take them out straight away to the big outside world and expose them to a lot. So you know, we had the first couple of weeks that were quiet. Until we had to go to the vet for the vaccine or for his tummy, I can't remember. But I remember it was around 13 weeks old. And we arrived to the vet a bit earlier. And we said, okay, it wasn't raining. It wasn't too cold. Let's take him for a little walk. And it was afternoon. So um, people were coming home from work, for 5 o'clock. And I do remember that the road was busy. And I took him down on his collar and his lead. Um, I took him down not the main, main road. Where the vet is on, but the the entrance of the vet is on a smaller road, which it was still a road that it was busy. There were cars going in and out because it was, as I said, end of the day. And I do remember, like it was yesterday, that he it, it wasn't interested in my treats for a lot of reason that was I spoke already about in a lot of podcasts. Um, and you know, I was trying to talk to him and engage with him by talking and making noises, etc. And I do remember. A car went past and he went like, boom, stalked the car. A second car went past. He had a meter and a half lead on and he ran parallel to that car, like to chase that car. And then he went back to the role like, see, is there anything more coming? And I was like, that's it. Oh, God, I have a dog that wants to chase car. And that was my first one, you know, my fourth and last collie I've had um up now he showed interest straight away he wasn't a huge behavior he wasn't barking he wasn't spinning he wasn't but it was definitely for a little puppy a real interest and his body language is stalking his eyes his concentration is wanting to run parallel to that car going past was enough for me to say that's it so i picked him up we went back to the car park went back into the safety of the car park and is not been exposed to that situation for a long time after the episode and that's what I want to talk about you know because I had that experience and I picked that problem straight away then you know now although I was already ready a college trainer I was, was I was in my transition to um become a specialist um and that's the reason why I got tay because I wanted to Announced that I was going to become a specialist from 2021 and I was having my puppy as a kind of, you know, I was training him and showing people what I was doing and building up my presence online with a puppy, which was, you know, it's good. It's always nice. People like it. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, which is a trainer as well. And I said to her, mm, take this, this and that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't please don't expose him to car until is old enough. So, you know, I, I just went back to her and say, this is the first time that one of my dogs does this. And of course, you know, um, she works pre- predominantly with collies as well, although um, she does something else. She does competitive obedience. And um, I'm going to have her on the on the podcast very soon as well. Hopefully um, next year, very soon for you, for me, in a way that I've recorded already all the episodes for this year. So it's going to be next year. Um, but Yeah, she said, no, 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 don't expose him to cars anymore. Just stop it straight away, build on other things. And then I said, yeah, that's what I was going to do anyway. And that's what I did. Now, I know I'm lucky because I do live rural and to walk my dogs, I don't need to go on main roads. But you know what? You commit to take a puppy. And if the puppy shows a problem, you need to commit to do whatever it takes in order for the puppy to not develop a behavioral issue. It's not a behavioral issue chasing cars. It's a collie typical behavior. Which can be an issue for you and for the dog well being living in a urban environment. So, if you take a puppy on and you take a working line, you go into your farm, local farm, or even not a local farm, you go to a farm, it doesn't matter how well bred they are, they will and they could develop a problem of wanting to chase and herd traffic. And if your puppy shows any sign of wanting to do it, the day they do show, that's it. You have to take that puppy away from the road, work on other skills until your puppy is ready to be introduced back to watch cars. And But your skills are there. You're not just letting your puppy watch cars. You're working on disengagement. You're working on being able to process the presence of cars going past while working with you. You're working on chasing a toy while cars are going past. So you are redirecting. You're teaching the puppy gradually when they're ready, that there are other things to do when cars are present, that's not your job. Your job is to pay attention to me and do what I'm asking you to do. So what I did with Tay is I have a play field <clears throat> which has um, which is on the same, on, on, on the main road that comes into our estate that has a fence that, you know, it's like a, a metal fence so they can see through and I started by just working at the very far end of this field with the basic stuff I would work on with the puppy and I would work on if you come to work with me, which is all the Control leash stuff. Pattern games, look at that game. I would introduce as many tricks as I want. I would definitely work on play. My puppy would be on a long line, so I have the end of it. There's no risk of them going anywhere. And I would work in a very small session to be able the puppy to pay attention to me for that small amount of time. I'm asking him to pay attention without having to redirect onto cars. They are very far away. And you know what? Tay had issues with the noise of cars as well. It was winter. And I remember that it was locked down. So we have a social club here. And it it was shut. It wasn't open. So I was using the car park of the social club, which is just above that play field with a big edge. So you can see the field and you can see the road. But it was winter and the car, the tires on the road were making noises. And I do remember driving there with my van, getting to out and doing a bit of training at, in the car park. And I remember him stopping in the training and listening to the cars going past. Because, again, that's another way that your puppy is telling you, I'm aware that this movement is a car moving. It's movement somewhere. And I want to go and control Um, so I worked really hard and really carefully to not allow him to repeat the wanting to chase cars ever again. I have a video of Tay, which I am going to share with you. I'm going to put it here in the show notes. Training him, that was a few months, a few weeks or months down that episode at the, at the, at the vets. Um, where I went to that play field. You can hear or see the cars and we are working on disengagement from the cars and engagement with me. Um, And this is how you should work with a young dog that is showing interest in stalking and herding cars. He's not getting them used to it. He's working through a lot of other skills that will allow the pup to disengage from the movement never if possible repeat the behavior of stalking and wanting to run and chase and herd cars while you're working on all other skills now i have also a video of tay which i'm going to show to you because i've shown you before on my um, on my um, social media um, of tay for the first time when he was 6 months going coming with me down to our local DIY um, shop and going for a walk on a busier road that was the first time I took him out of our situation where I knew there were more cars going past it was during the day busy with cars going past and we were playing the look at that game walking along this road and he would get some interesting cars going past and then he would redirect on me not redirect, reorient on me to get a treat so it shows you a bit of the process I've done um because I felt that he was ready to do that so I knew that at that point he could do it so it's so so important that you don't let your dogs rehearse the behavior that you don't want them to and yes maybe for some of you will work that if you take them and get them used to it it will go away but I assure you that that's not the way to do it. And that's the way the majority of time to actually reinforce that behavior and make it stronger. Um, so if you have a puppy that is showing the behavior I've just listed, please, please, please get in touch with the specialist. I am here for you. If you have a specialist local that understands these things and helps you straight away to, you know, behavior is not going to go away. A month of repetition is enough to have engraved the behavior and taking Four times the time and the effort to reshape that behavior into something else. The quicker you act, the quicker you manage, the quicker you train, the quicker you're going to, you know, get, get that behavior gone and and allow your dog not to, you know, not, not allow your dog to think that cars are their job to stop and control. I hope this has been useful. And um, I'll leave you the links so you can have a look at Tay um, working through a couple of stages of. Unfortunately, I don't have the whole process, but I have those two videos that I did with him. And, um, you know, you have to look at those videos really, you know, with a critical eye and see that it's not just a puppy walking, it's a puppy actively deciding to walk back, to look back at me every time a car goes past in the second video. Um, and that's how. You should train any collies to walk on the road, not just the one that show problems with cars, any collie, even the one that doesn't show problems to avoid your puppy and your young dog to become a car traffic chaser. Until next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Border Collie Geek podcast. If you want to know more about my work and how I can help you with your border collie, visit www.dattledoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.